0: Anyway, um, Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 says this, beginning in verse 7, What things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ." And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. I think I think our team got to know him as the one who has a passion to take the gospel of the kingdom to the nations on this trip in a way that they didn't know before. And it transformed something deep within the hearts of our team. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. Um, I think some of our team would be ready to forsake everything for their missions assignment. Uh, one, one guy said he's having to fight the urge to leave his family to go into mission, the mission field. Uh, it's, it's, he's stirring something that deeply inside of him. Um, but they are a seed of many more to come. God is raising us up as a sending place. Uh, an apostolic center where missionaries to the nation go out from. To the nations of the earth. And come back to. And not all of you are called to Go. But there's an opportunity for everyone to participate in going or sending. And your personal or business prosperity will reflect your commitment to heaven's assignment for us. The more we participate in what heaven is doing, the more God blesses us and blesses the work of our hand and prospers what we're doing. Because we're engaging in something that's on the heart of Jesus. Verse 11 says, If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. You know, that's not taught too much in church theology in our generation. Well, when you die and go to heaven, that's it, and you've reached your goal, right? Paul said, no, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead, we're we're going to be doing some instruction on that ongoing about what really is the significance. Because when you die and go to heaven, your body doesn't go. Only your spirit goes. And there is a resurrection of the dead that is promised to God's people where your spirit comes back into your resurrection body. You know, your body is what comes from the earth. And as long as you're in your body, you have an opportunity to have dominion over the earth. But only when you're in your body can you exercise that dominion. Does that make sense? Because it's your body that connects you to the planet that you come from. And our destiny is here. It's in this planet to rule and reign with Christ. Amen? Anyway, I won't go too far down that road right now, because then I won't be able to come back too easily. But righteousness on the basis of your performance gives you esteem in the eyes of the community, but it's not currency that you can spend in the kingdom. You know, all of your good deeds, all of your good deeds do not make you righteous in the kingdom of heaven. They, 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 they serve you well in, in this world, in this community, especially in this community, where it's all about you know having a spotless record and good reputation and being well thought of and all of that. But none of that spends in the kingdom. In the kingdom, God will use foolish things, despise people, to confound the wisdom of religious leaders and leaders of this world. And if, you've, and if you've been considered one of those foolish ones, God wants to use you. I've got good news for you. God wants to use you because he loves to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So if you've thought you've been disqualified because you've got a checkered past, you've got a bad history, people thought, uh, thought poorly of you, you need to know God wa- loves to use people just like you. Amen? Your education, your reputation, your power and wealth can help you on a natural level. But none of those things give you kingdom authority or anointing. Paul laid down all those things and went through a conversion process to gain kingdom equity and authority. He counted all those things rubbish for the sake of Christ, that he may know him. Verse 12 says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. <clears throat> Listen, there's a that for every one of us. There's something Jesus had in his heart for every one of you when he saved you. I'm going to put you into a process of discipling, of getting established, of setting you free, of healing you, of bringing you to a place of maturity so that I can use you for this. And when you hit this, whatever that is for you, That's your sweet spot. That's what brings you fully alive. Did you hear me? That's what brings you fully alive. That's what will reveal Jesus through you like no other place can do. There's a specific something that is a that for you. That's what you were created for. That'll make you more effective and more powerful than any other thing that you can do. And it's not like a that for anybody else. It's unique to you. It's you were created for that. That is where the grace of God will meet you, where the enemy has no power over you, where you will exercise true dominion over him. There's a that for this church body, where we become who we are destined to be and do what we are destined to do. When we obeyed the Lord and stayed open during 2020, the Lord said to me, this will be a special forces training camp. And I had the sense that it wasn't so much about teaching everyone the finer points of spiritual warfare and missions engagement. (coughs) It was more about marinating people in faith and courage. So they would be available to be sent where they were called to go and would go without fear. Because we live in a culture where everybody is taught to make themselves as safe as possible. Secure their future, make sure everything is provided for, make sure everything is safe. When when somebody leaves our house, we say stay, we say be safe. Everything is about safety. Right. Be safe. I I discovered during 2020 that safety is not a kingdom value. Those who wanted to be safe often we're sidelined and bound by fear in their need to be safe. <clears throat> One of the things that I'm called to is to tear down strongholds of witchcraft where the Lord sends me. And it's not something that you want to do unless you have an assignment from the Lord to do it. Some of the earliest prophetic words that I received pointed to this. And uh, it's usually not something I intend to do when I go, but something that drops on me when I'm there. And as the witchcraft spirit is dispelled, the atmosphere clears so God's people can do what they're sent to do. Uh, it's not something that I study, I don't study witchcraft, or focus on, it's an anointing that falls on me, and something I'm compelled to do. It's almost like the Holy Spirit grabs me by the scruff of the neck and says, this is what you're going to do, and there's this, there's this righteous fire that falls on me, and, and this this focus on the strongholds of darkness that have kept that community or that church enslaved, And I confront it. And that happened this trip. Uh, We had public meetings uh, in the evenings, and the first two nights, first night I focused on witchcraft. I'm preaching to pastors and leaders, and I call them to repentance for tolerating witchcraft in the culture, in their people, in their families. And I, and I asked them to come repent for tolerating it, for allowing it to exist, for allowing it to contaminate the atmosphere so the Holy Spirit cannot move in power the way that he wants to. And many came and repented. The next night I was going to move on to something else. It dropped on me again so I confronted it again and I got pastors to repent further and to make a commitment that they were going to confront it in their families, they were going to confront it in their churches because the Holy Spirit cannot bring how many churches are praying for revival and there's so much witchcraft contaminating the atmosphere that revival cannot come because we've compromised with the enemy and so I did it again that next night and and uh, it seemed to give our team, which St- Steve led our team in the, during the daytime, we had classes uh, where, where they taught uh, the pastors and the leaders and the attendees uh, about operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, but operating prophetically, about operating in healing. And uh, the atmosphere shifted. And uh, so, so that was just something that happened. Um, when you live your life before God, when you live your life before Him, uh, you know there, there's a promise that, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. When you live your life before God, that doesn't all happen after you die. You can live in that joy now. Every time you do something that God has called you to do, you can hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into joy. Joy is not just something that you inherit after you die. Joy is something that follows your life here and now when you do what God has assigned you to do and are obedient to his assignment. Amen? So if you're looking for joy, focus on obedience. Focus on being obedient to his voice. Focus on being uh, uh, being willing to surrender to what he's calling you to do now. You don't start there. You start where you are. And start being obedient on a day-to-day basis. Start being obedient to his voice. Because he speaks to all of his children. And uh, so, Tori, can we put the uh, the slide up? I'm going to talk about this briefly. Can you see that? Um, the Lord helped me to understand who we are as a church body, and this, this kind of represents our DNA. Um, the top uh, hospitality—that's that's something that we've always carried. Uh, Amanda and I have carried that from the time that we uh, were believers. We first became believers. Our home has always been a place of hospitality. Uh, And this place has always been a place of hospitality, sometimes more so than others. Um, And then Amanda has always had a a passion for authenticity. When you see the, the bottom left there. Uh, and, and it's become a passion of mine because the Lord has brought me to a place of authenticity, to where what you see is who I am. I am who I am. Uh, God says, I am who I am, gave me the freedom to be who I am, right? And he gave every one of you the freedom to be who you are. And so, and the bottom right is faith. And ever since I was a young believer, I've God gave me this gift of faith where I'm able to believe for. Things that don't make sense. When God puts faith in my heart for something, I know it's going to happen, even if all the circumstances point to to the opposite. And so I've always been carried that uh, that faith that's able to believe. And uh, but where where uh, where hospitality and authenticity overlap, it's a safe place. And that's something the Lord spoke to me a decade ago. This is a safe place. Well, this has become a safe place for people to come and, and to feel that it's, it's okay for them to be who they are. And somebody's not going to grab hold of them and try to get them to change to be who they, who, like, them, like they are. But they're, you're actually free to be who you are. It's a safe place. Amen? Uh, and, and I tell our leaders, don't, you don't try to change people into what you think they should be. You give them the freedom to respond to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a safe place for people to visit from other churches and other areas without saying, oh, you need to come here. No, I, we do, don't tell anybody, you need to leave your church and come here. I want people to be able to come and, and receive what God is doing here and carry something home, uh, carry a light and carry a life and carry a hope and become contagious and carry that message back where they're from. We don't tell anybody, you need to leave where you are and come here. It's a safe place. You understand? So, so, And then where hospitality and faith overlap, miracles happen. Because, because people are open to receive and they become hungry and they get into an atmosphere of faith and they begin to believe. And who knows what's going to happen next. Miracles happen in that place. And where faith and authenticity uh, overlap, deliverance happens. People are set free. There's, there's a power that begins to work in people's lives and chains begin to break because they're free to be themselves uh, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to give up what you've known unless it's safe for you to become who God really created you to be. And, and so you need to be in a certain atmosphere of authenticity and faith in order for that to happen. And where all of those overlap, it's family. And that's who God's called us to be here, as family. And that's what you feel when you walk in here, is family. You feel a family atmosphere. You feel like, wow, there's something going on here that I want to be a part of. There's something here. There's a, there's a role for me. There's a place at the table. There's something that, there's, there's a, a place here that I can feel at home. Uh, so these are the kind of central and core values that's, that's made us as powerful as we are. And vision and mission kind of come as a natural outflow of that. Uh, When the Hebrews were on their way to Canaan, their purpose was to follow the cloud, to follow the presence of God. And and more so than than being purpose-driven, they were presence-driven. Amen? Uh, They really didn't know, they really didn't understand everything about their purpose. And you know... We're, we're not 100% sure where all we're going here and where our purpose is going to take us. But we know this, where the presence of God leads us, that's where we're going. Because we're following his presence and we carry his presence. And when we go, when we go to Peru, when we go to Brazil, we go different places, we carry the presence of God with us. And that becomes our purpose, is to carry his presence. We are the Levites. We are the, we're the ones who carry the ark of God's presence with us everywhere we go. But we don't just do that in Peru. We do that here. We do that back to our families, to our workplace, to our communities. We carry the presence of God as the Levites, as the priests of God, because we're all called to be uh, the, 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 a kingdom of priests, and the priests are the ones who carry the ark of God's presence. Listen, your workplace doesn't need to be a depressing place. Amen? You carry the presence of God into your workplace, and something transforms. Something happens. Something happens. And, and where there was death, life comes. And where there was discouragement, hope comes. Because you carry something that's powerful and life-giving. And the more we become conscious of that, the more we can consciously carry that. Amen? Your workplace can be a place where miracles begin to happen. You know, you don't have to come home and complain about your boss and complain about your employment and com- how depressing it is. And, Lord, why don't you deliver me from this place? Maybe the Lord wants to deliver that place into the presence of God. Amen? And so our our assignment is to carry his presence as the priests of the Lord. We become the the bearers of the ark of his presence. Uh, Our mission and the missions that we are involved in cannot be separated. I'm backing up a little bit. Uh, the fire of missions continues to ignite our local congregation and regional gatherings. And, and I know probably for some people it's like, you know, uh, you could be doing so much more if you stayed at home and just focused on everything that's going on around here. No, absolutely. Actually, we couldn't. Because we would not have near the anointing and the passion and the fire and the vision at home if we were not obedient to take the gospel to the nations we wouldn't because that is actually what fuels what's happening here that river of life in ezekiel 47 that flows out of the temple of god flows to the nations and and the further it goes the deeper it gets the more powerful it is and the more life that it releases to everything that it touches and so we couldn't be having the, 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 the power of that river flowing here if we weren't willing to go where it takes us to the nations of the earth. And I'm not, trying to, get, I'm not con- trying to convince anyone to go. You need to understand that. Because we're not all called to go physically and do that in other nations. But we can all participate in, in what's going on there. We can all participate in, in helping to send and to fund the, uh, the ones who go and what they're able to accomplish when we get there. Amen. The church where we, where we uh, went this time, it's the central uh, Mepi Church in Kabayakocha, a jungle city of uh, two 3,000 people. And, uh, and so we, we took up an offering uh, several months ago, and we raised funds to build onto the back of the building. There's like a 20-foot probably area in the back that was just vacant land back to the border wall behind it. And so we literally raised funds to put a floor and a roof over that back. And now we're going to do that again. One of these days, they're going to finish building the walls around it because the material costs have gone up. And a sidewalk back to it from the street so they can actually bring the motor. And And, And so when we do these regional gatherings... They literally cook their food and have a dining room where the people can eat while they're while they're there for the for the conference, uh, for for the regional gatherings, and and so it's 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 there's so much passion and so much vision in that church right now because of what we've partnered with them to help bring. Uh, I was I was there last year, and uh, th- this one girl. Uh, really touched my heart. Uh, she was uh she she was kind of tough girl. You know, she had a baseball cap on backwards and and uh white silk stockings and denim shorts and you know you could you could tell she was portraying herself as a tough girl. And and nobody in her family had gotten saved. Uh the pastor had been witnessing to her. And she was coming around. Well, one evening when I was preaching, she came to the altar weeping, and and I led her to the Lord. She gave her life to Jesus. And this time I looked for her, and I didn't see her. And so I'm asking about her and what's happened to her, and nobody kind of seemed to understand who I was talking about. Uh, But this one girl kind of stood out to me, and I really felt compassion in my heart for her. So I had a conversation with her, and I realized she was the one. She looked so different. That I didn't recognize her and I just I just felt like a dad to this girl just uh, she, she touches my heart there's something that she carries that's so significant and so powerful and so influential but the enemy targets her she said to me she said I can tell you're a good man but she said not all men are good she said and I've had three or four of them grab me and try to have their way with me and I feel so vulnerable sometimes and so I prayed with her and asked the Lord to release an angel to protect her and to put a shield around her and, and that the body of Christ would be there to, to help protect her and, and to be there for her. These are the kind of things that we, that we encounter when we're there. And, and they receive us as angels sent from God. And, and, uh, and so uh, let me talk a little bit about our church community uh, in the future, so this coming Saturday, Ron Luce is going to be with us, Lord willing. And one thing that Ron Luce did with Teen Mania Ministries that is kind of it's, it's almost in my peripheral, but I'm but I've got my I've got my eye on it, and that is that the the teenagers that were touched in his acquire the fire youth conventions um, many of them responded to go on what he what they their whole aspect of their ministry was called global expeditions they literally took teams of teens to the nations of the world I, not just to easy places they took them to tough places these these kids paid a price and and it's connecting with something the Lord showed me some time ago that uh, teens and 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 young adults before they 're married and have family commitments and jobs and all that stuff want to make a difference they want to change their world they want to they want to commit themselves to something that costs them something they want to believe in something that requires a sacrifice uh, they want to do something that makes them feel like they 're making a difference in the world and and uh and I began to get this vision of taking teens and young adults to nations to do global expeditions, to do the thing. And so this is something that I'm really hoping that Ron, when he comes next Saturday, can help ignite in this place. A vision and, and a team will begin to rise up. Because I can't do all of this. I'm not, going, I'm not supposed to do all of this. I'm supposed to carry a vision for something. You know, and and you know, I see part of my job is going in and breaking open new territory and dealing with, with territorial strongholds, so that teams can come in and do what they're called to do. But these these young people, they would do drama, they would do skits, they would bring uh, multitudes of people to Christ. And if we can get pastors and leaders trained to then shepherd these people, I can see something really powerful and significant. The significant developing here and every one of us can be a part of that happening right here. There's an explosion of world missions that could erupt out of this place. And, and 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 I know many of us are middle-aged and some of you are even older than middle-aged. I'm I'm still young, but um I'm just my beard's just prematurely graying, but I'm still young. Um but but we're, we're i 'm not trying to put pressure on any of you to go in fact, some of you I probably wouldn 't take if you wanted to go because because of certain health limitations and all of that that uh, there needs to be a grace on your life if you 're going to do this, especially in your older years uh, because you 're going into a whole different climate into whole different circumstances where you you have to be willing to to endure hardship uh, but i but i didn 't hear any of that complaining on this team because any bit of hardship that it required, it was like there was a grace there that was so amazing. And you know, 10-hour uh, boat ride upriver and then uh, 6, 70, uh, 10 hours on a plane, on three different planes coming home, you know, that would that, put the crimp on somebody of my age and all of that. Uh, there, was, there was no discomfort at all. I came home and I was fired up and ready to go again. Because there's a grace when you're doing what God's called you to do. When, when you're, where you're supposed to be and doing what, there's a grace that comes on you where you don't even, any any price that it costs you in discomfort is a small thing. Because something inside of you comes alive. Something inside of you knows that you're doing what God assigned you to do. Um, and so... uh. I want to First of all, I want to I want to thank our team. How many of our team are here? Would you stand? These guys most of our team are here. These guys paid a price. Uh these guys humbled me. You know, I'm, I'm kind of used to, uh, uh, to doing this. this these guys, th- this was the first time they had been to this city, this jungle city. I'd been there a number of times before. And, uh, and, and to do what they did and to do it without complaining uh, and to do it with so much passion, so much fire and so much love, uh, so much compassion, it really humbled me. And I was so, I'm so so proud to serve with you guys. It really was. You guys were, were amazing. Um, Elizabeth is what? How old are you, Elizabeth? 15 years old. She was one of our team. She was amazing. That girl's got a missions heart that will not quit. I mean, all of them do. But uh, uh, Elizabeth, at her age, that's, she's a forerunner for youth missions from our church. I'm just telling you, she's a forerunner. She's a pioneer. The more that we can raise up uh, warriors to go to the nations here, the more God's going to bless us. I'm just telling you that right up front. Uh, You see that throughout the book of Acts when you look at the early church. The more they reached out and took the gospel to the nations, the more God blessed them at home. And that's a dynamic that's hard for us to fit our natural mind around, because it's a spiritual dynamic, and it doesn't fit into the way we're taught to think. You know, I've had people come to me over the years say, You have no business going down to South America. We've got lots of needs around our own community and around our, our own cities." See, But that's natural thinking. You know, I, I, had, I had a prophetic word. 18 years before I went to Peru. And I had a bit of that mindset. Well, if the Lord wants me to go to Peru, you'll get me there. You know? And that was pretty much my response to it. Well, he got me there. Somebody offered me a free ticket, and that sounded like God to me. (laughs) And so I went. And from the first time I went, something ignited in my spirit, and I knew that I had destiny there. You know? And so... Um, there's a lot of needs right now in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, Chris Christie's got a, a brother and a brother-in-law who are over there right now, uh, helping people on the, in, 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 Ukraine that are, that are being bombed and, and all of that. And, and there's incredible needs there, um. And any of you that would like to contribute to that, uh, to them being there, uh, you can designate that. But we also have another, uh, Marcus, Bettina's brother. Uh, when he was on one of his missions assignments in Africa, they met a, uh, an outfit that prints Bibles. And they're printing uh, New Testaments for 75 cents each, which is pretty phenomenal. And they're printing... Uh, he's ordering, or already did order, 60,000 New Testaments that they're taking to Ukraine and to Poland for refugees in Poland from Ukraine. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people that are coming to the Lord in the midst of this, this conflict. And, and this, this is going to happen like in the next couple of weeks, that these Bibles are going to be shipped. And so he's asked if we would be willing to participate in that. And I said, yeah, we'll take him an offering for that. So we're going to take up an offering for uh, New Testaments, for Ukrainians, whether it's in Ukraine, 20,000 of them are going to Ukraine, 40,000 of this batch are going to Poland, and then they're going to uh, adjust from there. I've actually asked uh, your brother if they could use some of those, and he said he would let me know. They're going to research it. And so uh, we're going to take up an offering for those. And uh, I'm actually going up to, uh, I'm not going to see him because he's, he's off on an assignment somewhere else, but I'm actually going up to that uh, ministry this afternoon and preaching there. God will provide up in, up in uh, Cleveland uh, where this ministry comes out of. So, uh, Father, we thank you for the ability that you've given us to partner with missions, uh, to be a part of bringing answers. We'd love to be able to bring all the answers they need. But we can help bring the word of God today. And and your word is where many of us have found answers that we need. And we ask, Father, for an outpouring of your spirit in Ukraine and in Poland and Romania and all the other places where refugees have gone. Let there be an outpouring of your spirit. Let multitudes uh, come to Christ, let there be a powerful awakening, a move of God, so that whatever the enemy does to try to destroy people in that region of the world it 's going to be a defeat because your kingdom is moving in power. We thank you for every miracle that 's happening we 've heard so many testimonies of miracles. Uh, that have been happening on the front lines in that conflict. We thank you for protecting the people of God. We thank you for giving them faith and courage and boldness that they would stand up with no fear in the midst of that conflict and declare the word and, and the purpose of God into that region. And we thank you, Father, that you are in charge. We command every spirit of darkness that has lifted itself up against the knowledge of God in that place to be submitted to the, to the footstool of Jesus Christ and, and, and we thank you, Father, for prevailing over all the plans of the enemy. And this is going to be a great defeat for the kingdom of darkness and a great victory for your people. We thank you for a revival coming to that whole region, a whole new wave of revival. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Lord, any of us that are supposed to partner with that in, in, uh, in, a, in other ways, we ask that you would speak to our hearts because we're making a commitment that we're going to be obedient to your voice. And we ask that you would give us the courage, the faith, and the resources to do whatever you ask us to, in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take up that offering. Uh, There's a uh, text-to-give option. Just put special, designate special. And everything that comes in will go right to uh, the cost of printing and distributing those Bibles to the Ukraine and surrounding areas.